Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am Matt Thomas. I am joined by the wonderful, the fantastic, the great, the pod god, oh, man. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Justin Goodrum. How you doing, man? Good, man. Man, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Thanks for the intro. You got to perform now. <laughs> I know, right? Sh- I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Oh man, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I don't even want to spend a lot of time on our intro, sure, because we have so much to talk about tonight. Uh, very uh, exciting stuff uh, with the trade deadline being today. Um, but you know, today what we're actually going to talk about is uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, So uh, real quick, a look at our podcast feed. If you guys want to hear some commentary about Ben Simmons being called a crybaby by Shaq. I talked about that last week on our episode of In the Labs, uh, In the Lab, excuse me, along with our all-star reserves in the NBA that were announced. So we have the full picture of the all-star game. I believe they did the draft did, uh, tonight as well, which yeah. I don't even know if we'll have time to get to that. Uh, for There's another some funny day, stuff maybe. in there with Durant. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. And uh, we also, if, if you guys didn't get a chance to check it out yet, back on February 2nd, but an evergreen episode of Hoopsology, we had a discussion about Muggsy Bogues yeah. with Jake Udy which was a very awesome conversation and who doesn't love Muggsy Bogues. Uh, so be sure to check that out. If you haven't seen it yet, Justin, do you have, do you have anything else before we jump into things? No, let's uh, let's hop into it. Cause the trade deadline was uh, pretty eventful. So let's not waste any more time. Yes, it was. So I guess first question I have for you before I pull up the list of all the teams, was this a good trade deadline? Because you're you're a hard judge on this. You're a very harsh judge on the trade I, um, deadline. Did this trade deadline deliver for you overall? Um, I think it did because I mean it's kind of those things where I have to delve into my reality show side of myself in terms of drama, <laughs> in terms of what's going to happen the rest of the season. I think it delivered on that. I think in terms of kind of the big trade with James Harden and Ben Simmons, which we'll, we'll eventually get to. I think it's one of those things where that has a lot of drama along with Porzingis, along with the other trades. I think it's one of those things where the, the Ben Simmons, um, James Harden piece of this was something that was in doubt and it delivered. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. something that I didn't think was going to happen. And it turned out that both sides were able to make this trade happen. And so in terms of the drama meter, I think it did live up to the hype this year for sure. hundred percent agree with you there. I mean, last year we were getting pumped about like a Vucevic trade (laughs) this year delivered. uh, I think you could argue at least like three trades that were bigger than that move. So Mm -hmm. one of the bigger trade deadlines of, I would say our lifetimes. Uh, I mean, I'd have to go back and look at, you know, some of those nineties trades, trade deadlines and stuff, but it definitely feels like at at least for the two thousands, one of the bigger ones uh, in terms of the profile of stars. But anyway, here's a look. I I have this list pulled up and I do want to give a shout out to the source, which is sportsnet.ca. And this is just a a list. Uh, They, they were live tracking, and plugging in all the transactions that happened. This is Haley McGoldrick. Uh, she's on Twitter. You can follow her at Goldie on Sports. So thank you for letting us use your list here. We appreciate it. Um, let's start with a very simple, not very dramatic trade. Kind of interesting. But two teams, well, the Celtics, in fairness, are, are still quite relevant. But the Rockets are not for this season. Uh, the Celtics received Daniel Tice, who, as you will remember, was there before his brief yeah. stint in Chicago last year and is even more brief stint on the Rockets this year. Uh, I'll say I like Daniel Tice as a person, as a player. He seems like a, a good soldier in the locker room, especially with how he handled uh, a weird Rockets team this year. So I like this move for the Celtics. Uh, the Rockets received Dennis Schroeder, Enos Freedom and Bruno Fernando. It was reported by Woj that Enos Freedom is being waived. I'm sure someone will pick him up leading into the playoffs. Um, Justin, any any other thoughts on this one? I mean, I do think this is a good get for the Celtics. 
I would imagine Schroeder is probably a piece to be moved in the off season. And I don't know how long Bruno stays around either, but um, any other thoughts on that? Uh, not too many thoughts. You pretty much covered it. I think Daniel Tice is, is a good addition back with the Boston Celtics. They're going to need all the help they can get. And like you said, I mean, successful playoff teams typically have players that they don't really show up on the box score. I know it's kind of a corny thing to say, but they really just kind of do the, the dirty work in those plays that don't get on sports center. And, and I think Daniel fills that profile. So um, I think he'll be a good fit back in Boston. Yeah, and interestingly enough, I mean, he has added an outside shot to his game, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of funny to see. I don't, I don't know. I just never thought about him stepping behind the three-pointer. I was actually honestly pretty confused when I saw him shooting them earlier this season for the Rockets, but he, he can hit them down with regularity, especially if he's left open. So anyway, moving right along, this is a, a much bigger profile trade. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, and I'll, I'll let you have the first take on this. But uh, the Mavericks received Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Berton from the Washington Wizards, and the Wizards receive in return Kristaps Porzingis, Porzing God as as he formerly was, <laughs> the unicorn as he formerly was. Hopefully, he can return to. Uh, they receive him from the Mavericks along with a second round pick. Um, thoughts on this trade, Justin? I mean, obviously there has to be um, mention of the Luca Porzingis relationship souring, but um, how do you feel about this trade? Yeah, this is very unfortunate for Mavericks fans. Um, from what I heard from the trade deadline special, they were discussing basically this is a move to um, dump cash in terms of Porzingis's contract and then to be players in the kind of 2023, 20, I think. Uh, 2024 mm. kind of free agency in terms of picking up free agents. So this is kind of a move for kind of later down the line for Luca, just saying because he's young, he can kind of put up with some losing years and then get some superstars to come play in Dallas. Um, it's unfortunate. I, I, I like Przingis. I think I, I like the guy's game, but you know his. I, I think what's going to really be more harmful than his injuries has been really his relationship with Luca. I think Luca's going to get the benefit of the doubt. I think so far from what I've heard and what we've seen from his other teammates and then people that play against Luca, he's very well liked. Uh, Porzingis is being labeled as the bad guy, right, rightly or wrongly. He's kind of the bad guy in the situation. So um, we'll see what happens in Washington. Is this going to be enough to really, you know, make Bradley Beal happy? He got surgery, so he's out for the rest of the year. So, it's one of those things where for Przingis being there, is that going to really suffice that fan base? I don't know. Um, I think when he's used at his maximum potential, I think Przingis can be a borderline all-star player, but it's just it's really inconsistent. And um, I'll say for this Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, he's been inconsistent as well. So I think for Mavericks fans, it's one of those things I know they're kind of been in the hunt, um, but – I think this trade pretty much takes him out of it. It's pretty much a power play for kind of later down the line. So I think if you're a Mavericks fan looking to win now, I think this is a little bit of a bummer for you. But, you know, the long game, this could pay off. So we'll have to wait and see. How about you, Matt? What do you think about this trade? Yeah, the other thing, uh, I mean, I agree with a a lot of what you said there. Uh, The other thing about this is Davis Berton's contract is huge. Mm-hmm. And to to play in the NBA at that price tag, he's going to have to do a lot more uh, to improve his game, quite frankly. I mean, he, he can knock down three-point shots, which is a great skill to have in the league, but basically cannot do anything else well uh, to this point in his career. And, and as a wing, that's a pretty big liability, especially, I mean, now with both conferences. I mean, the league itself is just so stacked at the wing position that uh, I, I really think he's a huge liability. Um, so I think you're right. It is for um, a potential move later on when he's an expiring contract. Um, I I like Spencer Dinwiddie a lot. I think he has disappointed. It's It's been a little bit of a surprise that he's been disappointing this year in Washington, uh, aside from their hot start, which... Um, you know, when we had Matt Moderno on, he clarified for us that it really wasn't uh, necessarily because of Dinwiddie that they got off to that hot start early in the season. So he, 
both these guys have a lot to prove coming to the Mavericks and uh, they'll be playing uh, on a bigger stage than they were in Washington with more expectations from Luca. I mean, this Mavericks team is still in the playoff hunt, can still move up and compete. Um, I do think they needed a guard fit. They were looking for a point guard for a long time. So we get to kind of try on Spencer Dinwiddie in that role and see how he pairs next to Luca. And if anyone's going to take pressure off you in the backcourt, I better believe it's Luca Doncic. I mean, he can just hang on to the ball. Mm -hmm. If Dinwiddie can be effective off of him or at times give Luca some rest and control the ball for him, you know, pace it out that way could be a really big benefit. I think Porzingis, you know, we will get to see, they, as you guys will see later in this list, I mean, the the Wizards also moved uh, Montrezl Harrell. Uh, so we'll get to see what Porzingis can do in more of a feature role. I mean, he's With Beal being out, as you mentioned, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to prove himself as what he can do as, as the top dog for a little while on this team. Um, I, I wish him the best because he was so much fun to watch on the Knicks. And it's been an utter disappointment in Dallas. Um, anything else for that trade? No, no. Cool. Let's move on. Uh, Phoenix Suns receive Aaron Holiday. Washington's Wizards receive cash. Uh, the Wizards moved a lot of pieces. Let's just keep moving on. I, I've heard uh, mixed reviews on Aaron Holiday, but the Suns have a lot of serviceable guys. They they continue to have that. Um, so he's someone could, who could play a minor role, maybe not so much in the playoffs, but just for resting guys down the season. Uh, speaking of Montrezl Harrell, uh, the Charlotte Hornets receive him and the Wizards receive Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. Uh, Ish Smith is a point guard, so you'd imagine he would help with the blow of losing Spencer Dinwiddie. He's been a great backup for a lot of teams in the past. Uh, I definitely remember Ish Smith being a frequent pickup in fantasy leagues that I've played in because he puts up numbers uh, and is a serviceable point guard. You know, not not a starting quality point guard at this point in his career, but um, I, my guess would be that's where they're going with that. What do you think of of this move, Justin? And what do you think of Harold's fit on the Hornets? Um, not too much thoughts, but I think Harold, it's a good fit. He's a veteran leader, and I think something that the Hornets need with just um, Ball being there, I think it's going to really surefy their lineup. And I think, again, it's one of those things where I think the Hornets are looking to make some noise in terms of moving you know, within not being a contender within the Eastern Conference, but just trying to be within, you know, a surefiable playoff spot. Martel's Harrell, you know, figures into those plans. So I think it's a good pickup for the Hornets. Yeah, and I think the Hornets are such an energy team. So it's hard to imagine them getting more energetic, but adding Harold to the roster kind of does that. So it feels like a good match uh, because of those qualities that uh, the culture he's walking into has. Mm-hmm. Um, next on our list, another um, a little bit more minor, but some young talent on this one. The Suns receive Tory Craig and the Pacers receive Jalen Smith and a future second round pick. Any thoughts on this, Justin? Not too much. <laughs> Very similar players here. I mean, wings who have shown flashes of brilliance. Uh, I see this as a big win for Jalen Smith because he was just kind of bogged down in a Suns roster that's very loaded. And this guy, as it says here in the article, um, he was a former 10th overall pick uh, for the Suns and just hasn't had that much of an opportunity to show what he can do. I mean, less than 10 minutes of action per game this season. So we'll see what he can do with what you guys will see coming with the Pacers. I mean, there's going to be opportunities for guys to step up on this now very, very young team. Uh, Moving forward, a very, very simple trade. Derek White, Derek Flight White, I believe, right? Um, And he goes to the Boston Celtics for... Josh Richardson, who heads to the San Antonio Spurs. Josh Richardson has been traded a lot over these past couple years. Uh, any thoughts on this trade in particular, Justin? 
Nah, <laughs> not too much. I think it's a good get for the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, Derek White being the younger player of these two and having more potential of these two. Seems like the Spurs are just kind of looking to get themselves in good position. Um, to Again, maybe Richardson will be an expiring contract soon that they can move. Uh, I don't think they have serious plans of, of competing right now. Um, I, I do think this makes the Celtics a little bit more interesting to get white, uh, even if he's coming off the bench. Okay. All right. We got to hit the brakes now. Cause this is, this is the big trade of them all. We can spend some time here and, uh, and talk this one out. The Philadelphia 76ers receive, if you haven't heard about this yet, where have you been? The Sixers receive James Harden comes back to join Daryl Morey uh, and Paul Millsap, seasoned veteran. The Brooklyn Nets receive Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks, also all big names, maybe former big names in the case of Drummond, but big names in in uh, on that side of things as well. Um, and I, I'm just going to read directly from the article. Again, this is from Sportsnet. But I think this starts us off pretty well, and then I want your thoughts, Justin. Sure. Um, after the big three experiment of James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant failed to materialize in the Empire State, both sides of the deal are trading players unhappy in their current situation as Ben Simmons has been looking to leave Philadelphia after asking for a trade. Ultimately, Simmons returned to Philadelphia in October, and we'll just end there because you guys know that. We've talked about it on the show. Um, Justin, is is there a winner-loser in this trade? Um, what do you project moving forward? Does this help both teams? Does it harm either of these teams? Just give me your your thoughts, uh, anything and everything on this biggest move of the day. It's a uh, high-risk, high-reward situation. So mm. let's go with the 76ers first. So it's no secret Harden's not having, I would say, a year up to his normal standards. Now, based on his stats, I mean, if you were to put him on any team, I mean, it's hard to complain. I mean, it's not like he's having a horrible year. But it's certainly a year that is not up to his normal spectacular standards. I think that is fair to say. Now, I think him getting a player like him, Harden, um, as basically as a replacement for Ben Simmons, who you were hoping to get back, uh, you know Harden's going to be there every single game, even if he's out of shape in the worst version. I kinda, I'll take that for this year over Ben Simmons any day of the week. So I think that makes him pretty viable in terms of you know making a run in the Eastern Conference, especially when we come playoff time. So I think that's very compelling, along with Paul Millsap having a veteran presence. Um, the Brooklyn Nets side of this, I think, if I find way more, way more interesting. Um, mm. I think Seth Curry is really underrated, and Andre Drummond, the part of this too, because it's one of those things. We, what we've talked about with the Nets, you know, they're vulnerable on the inside. I mean, Andre Drummond. I mean, gives them a little bit of an interior presence there. Now, is he going to stop Giannis? No, but it's better than nothing. So I think it's one of those things where with Seth Curry, I think he's very underrated in terms of his shooting. I think that's going to be something that they're going to be able to utilize. Um, and things are perking up for Brooklyn as well in terms of their home games. The um, mass bad nights being kind of reduced. We'll see what New York City does. If that's the case, there could be a possibility for Kyrie playing home games. So that's another factor to factor into this. Mm -hmm. With Ben Simmons, I think this can go one of two ways. And I've been, you know me, I've been a huge critic of Ben Simmons mm -hmm. pretty much ever since he came out of LSU. I, I think, think that's fair. <laughs> did, yeah, I think this can be a great scenario. This can be a brutal scenario. Mm. I think it's one of those things where Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant share a lot of great characteristics, and they share a lot of negative ones. And so it's one of those things for Ben. He's in a situation where he's with two guys that kind of understand where he's coming from. But from an on-court standpoint, that's where if he doesn't perform, those guys will turn on him. Mm. I think the off-the-court situation, I think they'll have his back in terms of, you know, there's been controversy with Ben Simmons and the vaccine. There's been controversy in terms of just him, 
you know, with kind of with the media and all that. I think Durant and Kyrie understand it from that perspective. But when it comes from an on-the-basketball-court standpoint, I think we've never questioned Kyrie or Kevin Durant on the basketball court, mm-hmm. whatever you think of them off. So mm-hmm. I think that's where it lies. You know, I just think, in my opinion, Ben Simmons hasn't played basketball for a long time. And to ask him to get in playing shape and to be a factor, you know, for them wanting the title when the Nets have been struggling, I think that might be too much of an ask. Mm. Especially now, I think if everything turns out to be a turnaround in terms of Kyrie playing more games, it takes the pressure off Ben Simmons where you can actually utilize him to more of his strengths. He doesn't have to be this scorer that everybody wants him to be. He can have, You can actually utilize him in terms of his defensive prowess and his somewhat playmaking ability. Um, so I think that's a positive. But, again, we've seen it where pressure gets to him. He's cracked under pressure. And with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, they excel, and Seth Curry for that matter. So it's it's one of those things that I I could see it going either way. I think this, in terms of a lot of the teams in the league, this might be one of the better fits. But it's kind of up to Ben Simmons to make it happen. Um, oh, yeah. One more note I'll, I'll make, and I'll pass it on to you with with James Harden. This is another team that he's forced his way out of, basically. Mm-hmm. From what I've heard of is basically he didn't want to seem like the bad guy in the situation in terms of <laughs> demanding to be, you know, let go from another team. And so oh. I, I wonder what this guy's <laughs> reputation in terms of, you know, people are saying this guy has the possibility of being one of the most dynamic scores ever. What do we look at this guy's legacy? I mean, he's playing with a, you know, possibly a future Hall of Famer and MVP candidate with Joel Allen Bede. And if it goes negatively, what is this guy's reputation going to be? I mean, what are we going to say about this guy when it's all said and done in terms of his stats? I mean, he's going to be on the top of a lot of short list, and yet he's, his damage could be pretty prolific. You know, if he doesn't make it happen in this city, I mean, I don't really know what happens to his career if this goes south for him. And Philly, so I think that's an interesting thing to watch. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, there's a lot there. Yeah, uh, there let me let me see. Uh, I guess let me um, let me follow up on what you just ended there with uh, with James Harden, and, and I think it relates to Ben Simmons as well. So far, the reputation of these guys, not to mince words here, is these guys are quitters. I'm sorry, but <laughs> like true. James Harden, you had the red carpet rolled out for you in Houston. True. Um, and, you know, Daryl Morey left. Uh, it, it's so, so let me say this. It's very interesting to me that James Harden is okay going back to a general manager who created the situation that he hated in Houston. Right. Now, right. granted, Daryl Morey had been, had left at that point, had kind of, uh, mutually left parted ways with Houston and James Harden became unhappy under the new leadership. But everything that was built up to that point, you know, Houston going small ball, things like that, those were Daryl Morey experiments that led up to that. And I, I tend to be a, a pretty big Daryl Morey fan o- overall. I think he may be um, – actually interestingly enough kind of like doc rivers as a coach he he may have been around too far now he may not be as innovative as younger guys that are out there not even necessarily younger guys but just uh just guys that are newer to the job um so we'll have to see what he still has up his sleeve same with doc rivers as a coach to be honest and we've talked about that before on the show but right now the reputation of both of these guys is really really damaged so even though this is a, a big profile view i don't know how much it does to really raise the stock of either of these teams for me like i i do think we need to see it play out as you've said if it goes like it's supposed to go on paper, then yeah, it could absolutely raise the ceiling of both these teams. But, you know, look at what we thought of the big three nets, you know, as, as this article says, as we've talked about, I mean, we saw them play like nine regular season games together last year and we see them play almost no games together as a trio this year. What an utter disappointment for the Brooklyn nets overall. I mean, I, I just, I can't help but point that out because it's it is odd uh, as guys that pride themselves as such 
competitors and like um, faces of the league. And, and don't get me wrong, the talent is there, no doubt. But man, I mean, just what an utter disappointment for me as a fan wanting to see what you guys can do. I mean, a very sarcastic, great job from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay, sorry. Let me let me breathe. Let me reel it back in. Um, I, I think. So, so let me ask you this to, to move on from that point. And one more thing about Philly, and then I want to talk about Brooklyn a little bit more. Um, what do you think the fit of Harden and Embiid is? We know Harden has a great outside shot, obviously great scorer. Uh, so he can play away from Embiid. But a lot of what Harden does, too, is driving and kicking. Uh, in the basket, do you think this is something that they can mesh together? I think both you and I would agree that, yes, it's a better fit on offense than Ben Simmons and um, and uh, Artie Blanken on his name for whatever, Embiid, sorry. Uh, it's already a better fit than Ben Simmons and Embiid. But how, what do you see as the fit of Harden and Embiid? And also, um, is there any negatives of this kind of being – Embiid city like them watching him grow up is he going to be the alpha on this team and is that cool with james harden that's a good question and i think if we look at Embiid's track record i think there could be a problem there and not only that remember what's harden's reputation on defense and you yeah. know Joel Embiid is not necessarily the best of holding his tongue if he's asked a question he's going to be fairly honest so i, I think they're there's going to be some friction between the two. Um, mm. I think offensively there's potential just because, you know, Embiid likes shooting the three. Um, I know a lot of traditionalists don't like that, but, you know, in terms of James Harden's playmaking ability, I think it opens different possibilities. However, you know, defensively, yeah, there's going to be some issues there. And especially with the Sixers having high expectations and not meeting him in years past, if we see Harden in those plays where he's just like, you know, <laughs> taking a break on defense, I think, yeah, it's going to cause some issues. So I think it's going to be friction. I think the ego thing in terms of whose city is this, yeah, I think that's going to be a problem. I do. Just based on mm. Harden's, you know, many, I guess, lists of things he wasn't pleased with in Brooklyn, I can see it being an issue in Philadelphia too. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. I would hope since Harden's like the veteran that, you know, he can just have some kind of, I don't know, change of direction in terms of his mm. perspective but i just don't see that happening based on his reputation yeah i almost see harden as damaged goods coming yeah, into agreed. this yeah, um and i th i think that can work in their favor in that i mean philadelphia fans love joel Embiid. i don't think they're ever going to love harden more than Embiid. i think that's a no contest there and hopefully harden has enough self-awareness to realize that but you know Self-awareness isn't something uh, <laughs> that always comes hand in hand with NBA stardom. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I do think um, if if it goes well, um, there is championship potential on this roster. I, I do think you have to throw their hat in the mix if it goes well. This is a huge if right now. And um, you know, we mentioned I ranted about the shortcomings of the Nets these uh these past two years with that big three. So obviously super teams don't always go out as planned. In fact, more often than not, they don't go as planned. I mean, um, you know, you think of like that loaded Lakers team way back uh when it was Steve Nash, Kobe, Dwight Howard, etc. Um, this is another example, uh, almost just as bad as that Lakers team that never really materialized probably uh, worse when, yeah uh because expectations were so high and and um i would agree probably worse because we saw how dominant offensively these guys were the very few games that they did play together it was it was incredible it's like a video game and they're scoring like 150 160 points is it, it was absurd and yet egos got in the way yeah. and they couldn't they couldn't get it together it, it's just um, I, I don't know. I guess I kind of feel like it's karma and, and I think it's good for the league overall in a way. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see maximum potential here, but I do like this move for competitive balance. Uh, one last thing I'll add, I think you covered the Ben Simmons component in Brooklyn really well here. Um, if you 
flash back to before the drama of this offseason, there was talk of the Rockets trading just straight up for Ben Simmons uh, back when James Harden was upset. Uh, there was there was talk of, you know, that's a pretty even value trade. You look now at what the 76ers had to give up with those two first round picks with Seth Curry, who has been great for the 76ers and for the Mavericks. The Mavericks are missing him, too, from uh, when he got traded uh, to that team. So it, it's I guess it's just interesting to look at how the trade value has changed for um, for Ben Simmons. Uh, and it's it's something that was very negative for the 76ers organization. I don't think Ben Simmons will receive a lot of credit for or uh, a lot of um, criticism for that, even though he has received criticism for a lot. And I don't think he should necessarily because that's an organizational thing. It's their move to make. Um, but it's just interesting to see what basically a year can do. Um, and, and holding out and being kind of a, a head case, you know. So I, I think both of these players at the end of the day, just to kind of close this up, both of these players have a ton to prove in the eyes of NBA fans. And personally, I, I hope they do. I just want to see good competitive basketball. I'm not a Sixers fan. I'm not a Nets fan. I want to see guys rise to meet their potential. I've said that about Ben Simmons as much as I've roasted him at times. I've said that consistently. I want to see what is the best of your ability? What can you do? Because we definitely have not seen that yet. No, it's true. So, so we'll see. Anything else to add on this situation? No, that's it. We have some other trades to break down. But, yeah, I think it's, I'm sure um, we have a lot more to talk about this <laughs> in the future. Um, for sure. Next one is a quickie to come off of our major trade there. Uh, the Celtics receive a second round pick. Uh, the Magic receive Bull Bull, our guy, formerly from Denver, formerly from the Celtics. Now He's he gets everywhere. to go yeah. to the Magic, hopefully not to never be seen again. Uh, he, The Magic also received P.J. Dozier, a future second round pick and cash considerations. Uh, this was a move by the Celtics just to move off of roster spots. Uh, they now have five open roster spots is, is what I read after oh, wow. this trade deadline with all Jeez. the pieces that they moved. So okay. I'm guessing they're going to be hunting for expiring contracts and things like that. Uh, the waiver wire moving forward to bolster that playoff uh, roster. Do you think Bull Bull will see playtime in Orlando? I don't think so. I just yeah. think just with the injuries and just, I don't know, his, his career, I just don't understand. What, I just don't think he's gotten a fair shake. It seems like he has a pretty good game, but I just don't think he was, anybody's really given him a chance. Uh, it's a bummer, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I hope we get, you know, at least some, like, garbage time minutes for Bull Bull. Like, yeah, let's, I agree. Let's see what he can do. Come on. <laughs> um. Next trade, another kind of minor trade, uh, but kind of big news because the Raptors have finally decided what they're going to do with Goran Dragic, uh, who has just been sitting there, not really a part of their future plans. The Raptors actually received Thad Young, who I like, Drew Eubanks, and a 2022 second-round pick via Detroit. The Spurs received Goran Dragic and a protected first round pick. Uh, I believe it's lottery protected. Um, and Thad Young is really the only person on this trade who will be sticking around. So he becomes a serviceable piece, uh, a savvy vet for the Toronto Raptors. Feels kind of like a lesser version of an Ibaka edition for this Raptors team. Uh, Drew Eubanks has been waived and it is rumored that Goran Dragic will be uh, bought out by the Spurs. Any any thoughts on that? Are you happy with basically getting Thad Young for Goran Dragic that you weren't using? Well, there's rumors that Dragic might be bought out. Um, That's right. And that the Bulls might be interested in him. So mm. we'll have to see. So you're happy. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, that's kind of the only um, in intriguing part of this trade that I'm really paying attention to. 
Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens on that front, and especially with the Bulls' injury issues. I mean, they kind of need all the help they can get, and, and Drouches is certainly would be a good addition, so we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. Next trade, a four-team trade. Uh, a lot of familiar <laughs> names in this one. Uh, the Kings, similarly, uh, although a much more disgruntled situation, they've found out what they're going to do with Marvin Bagley. The third, who was having all kinds of of issues on the Kings, um, you know, benching himself at times, uh, a lot of drama there in Sacramento, unfortunately, but he has now been moved to the Pistons. So the Pistons receive Marvin Bagley, the third, the Clippers receive some serviceable pieces for their bench, Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. The Kings receive Dante DiVincenzo from the Bucks. Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles, I believe, from the Pistons. The Bucks receive Serge Ibaka. There's a name we know. And two future, future excuse me, uh, second-round picks and cash considerations. So, um, I guess, do you like Bagley moving to the Pistons? Um, I think it's one of those things with his issues – um, and Sacramento, it is, I don't see that it really improving. And Detroit, I yeah. don't know. It just seems typically in this situation, you would like to see veteran leadership around him for mentors. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that would necessarily be the case, um, even though there is Cade Cunningham. Certainly, he seems like he, a very, seems like he has a veteran mindset, but he's still very young in the league, right. nevertheless. So I, I don't see it going well for him in Detroit, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Not a destination guys want to go to. Um, yeah. I like it by Detroit though. Like from their management side of things, like let's, let's roll the dice while sure. these guys are young and we're building, maybe we'll True. catch fire with Marvin Bagley. You know, uh, I, I like it from that perspective. Yeah. Um, my other question would be, do you like the bucks getting Serge Ibaka? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things, with the Bucks, and really, and, and at this point, you know, and I think No Ducks touched on as some other experts. It's one of those things where if you're a title contender, um, if you're in the in the line and make a, some noise in the playoffs, really, you need pieces that's going to really surefy you for other stars being injured and to wear and tear. And I think it's something where to happen to Giannis, Sergio Baca can be kind of that, you know, band aid for a couple of games until he comes back. So mm. I think in, even even you know whatever rotation they play him in, I think he's going to serve very well with his his veteran uh, play and his knowledge as well. I do like this pickup from the Bucks for sure. Right on. Yes, I agree. I mean, he's the kind of vet that you want to have on a playoff roster. He's been there before. He's he's done it before. He was instrumental on that Toronto team that won the title. So. I'm 100% with you there. This one we're just going to read. The Miami Heat receive a 2026 second-round pick, so that's way in the future. And the Thunder receive Keze Okpala. Uh, apologies if I'm mispronouncing that name. Sounds right to um, <laughs> He will be on this weird Thunder roster. <laughs> that's basically all I have to say about that. Um, moving right along. Uh, the Joe Inglis era in Utah is over. Joe Jingles, I, I love Joe Inglis. Um, he's going to the Blazers. Now, reminder that he tore his ACL. That's right. It was uh, a gross injury. Uh, don't look up that highlight if you <laughs> don't like gross injuries because it was gross. Uh, so swift recovery to Joe Inglis, but he is on the Trailblazers roster. We'll see if he ends up playing for them at all. Um, they uh, The Blazers also receive Elijah Hughes and a second-round pick. Uh, the Spurs receive Thomas Sadoransky and a 2027 second-round pick. The Jazz receive Mikhail Alexander-Walker and Wancho Hernan Gomez. Um, any thoughts on this trade? I mean, the big name move, other than Joe Inglis, is Alexander Walker, who the Jazz receive. Um, any any thoughts on this trade? Not too much thoughts. I think it's one of those things. I'll save my thoughts for the Trailblazers when we talk about CJ McCollum. Yeah, um, but I think with this trade, not not so much. Yeah, yeah. 
I like Thomas Sadoransky. I, yeah. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think he's going to do much in San Antonio, but mm-hmm. I, I've always liked him. I enjoyed him when he was on the Wizards. Um, all right, next move. This one's a big one as yeah. well. This is probably like the second or third biggest move in the trade deadline, to be honest. Um, Sacramento Kings receive Domantas Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, NBA journeyman, and Justin Holiday, and a protected 2023 second-round pick. So Sacramento is really changing things up here. seems like they are pushing hard for the playoffs. But at what cost? Here's the cost. The Indiana Pacers receive Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, man. Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson, another NBA journeyman. Justin, um, who won this trade? Who lost this trade? What do you like, dislike about this? It's a puzzling trade. (laughs) Yeah. Puzzled. (laughs) I'm confused. Um, I just, it's one of those things when you the hear Kings about tend to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really understand with, with Halliburton and Buddy Hills, who I think were a positive influence in Sacramento. Oh yeah. Why I you would, would get rid of them. And I, I understand because I listened to Deuce and, and Reagan, um, shout out to them and they, they covered the Sacramento Kings and they seem very optimistic about Sabonis and he is an all-star and I, I don't know, you, do you want to build around Sabonis? I, I get he's an all-star player, but he's kind of like Vucevic for like the Bulls in terms of like he's one piece. He's not like a superstar player. So I don't understand what both teams are doing. It's, it's a very confusing mm-hmm. trade. I'm, I'm confused. So I would say kind of both teams lost. I don't really know in terms of what, what they're aiming at. Uh, could you maybe shed some light as to like – why these two teams would make the this trade because it just seems like to me they're kind of in the same spot almost i don't really understand what either team benefits from this to be honest but yeah well i guess the kings decided um that they're going to side with De'Aaron fox mm-hmm. over tyrese halliburton even yes. though halliburton has um shown sparks and shown yeah. promise and he's on his rookie deal that's true um maybe there was just no market for fox you know there are rumors about him being shopped to philadelphia um, Mm -hmm. as part of that potential ben simmons move maybe just nothing materialized from that i personally um don't like what the kings have done here um sorry do some mo (laughs) love (laughs) you guys but uh i i just um I don't know if Sabonis can even be your second best player on, on like a title type of team. So this just to me feels like we're spinning our wheels in Sacramento. I I do like Sabonis. I'm not trying to trash the guy or anything. Obviously there's talent and skill there. I think we've seen close to the ceiling of, of what Sabonis has as a player. Uh, I mean, he had those years in OKC before this, um, you know, I, I just don't think there's much room for growth with what the Kings have done. It, it feels to me like they're trying to push into a play-in game for this year, and then that's basically all they're going to get. I I fully hope they prove me wrong. Yeah. Uh, I Kings, as I've mentioned before, are kind of one of those teams that I I root for <laughs> aside from my own team, uh, just in the hopes that they're going to improve and and be more of a factor. But I don't think this does it, and I think potential blown opportunity buddy healed not so much i think we know kind of what he's going to be as a player i think he might actually thrive under better management under um a better uh, just just a fresh look i mean it's it's hard to fully know what a player is when they've only been in sacramento so i have to say that in fairness to De'Aaron fox as well yeah um and the many other players that have just kind of gone to Sacramento to unfortunately have things go sideways. Um, but Tyrese Halliburton, I mean, is really the big piece that uh, I'm just confused as to why Sacramento got rid of him that way. And that's, that's basically what I have uh, to say about this. All the trade talk for the longest time was about miles Turner. I mean, for the last like several years and he survives, he stays put in Indiana. Yeah, he does. He uh, survives kind of that the hatchet, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see again what the vision of those two teams are. So, yep. 
All right, next trade. We're coming close to the end here. I think we have uh, two more to talk about. This is the last uh, big trade, really. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the next one, in fairness, is pretty big, too. But um, this is arguably the second or third biggest trade. Uh, we finally get movement of C.J. McCollum. That had been, you know, always rumored for the past, really, like, three seasons. Is McCollum going to be moved or not? The Trailblazers move him. Uh, the Trailblazers receive the biggest piece in this, Josh Hart, for them. Thomas or Tomas Sadaransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. We mentioned those names earlier because they were moved in that deal uh, that we talked about before. Didi Lauzada, a protected 2022 first-round pick and two future second-round picks. Uh, and the Pelicans receive C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., who I like, and our guy, yeah. shout out, Tony right. Snell, former UNM Lobo, of course. Right. Um, yeah. I, by all accounts, I guess I, I've been throwing to you every single time, putting you on the spot. So I'll, I'll lead off for this one. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, McCollum is a guy in the league that everyone gets along with. And I think you are trying to sweeten the locker room for a Zion re-signing and hopefully staying happy in New Orleans, which so far has not gone well, unfortunately. Um, So I think that's why you're getting CJ McCollum in here. He is 30 years old. Uh, He is not a great defender, but he still is a great offensive force. Um, So he gives you some options there. I don't see the Pelicans really improving a ton with this trade i see them improving a little bit uh maybe competing for a play-in spot but that that seems iffy i mean they sit 10th in the western conference as of today uh and they have been pretty good the past week or so but i just don't know if that's going to be enough in the west really um but moving forward in the future i i think this is just something that they want to bring to the table to show zion uh, with the Blazers, I think both of these moves that we've discussed is all just about opening up and getting ready for the future. Seems like they're going to try their best to keep Dame Lillard around and not move him, uh, but they're going to try and have some cap flexibility. Also, like Josh Hart is a is a good piece to have on a team. So whether you deal him or keep him, he is a, a serviceable piece if if they end up keeping him around. So. Those are kind of my thoughts on this. Anything to add on this one? Um, I think with the Trailblazers, I mean, we you've laid it out, Matt. I think it is what it is. I think they're trying to rebuild around Damian Lillard and, you know, getting rid of McCollum, I guess, paves the way for that. Just seeing him as a duo, just, you know, it hasn't worked out in terms of getting him that next level of success. Um, with the Pelicans, you mentioned in terms of keeping Zion happy. I want to ask you, is it worth keeping Zion happy? And I've been a huge fan of Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's kind of like, is it right now, it's, is it appropriate just to cut bait? Just move on? Like, at, at this point, it's one of those things where just the weight issues, the injury issues. We yeah. haven't, have you see, even seen this guy play a full season yet? Yeah, I mean, no. Um, what, I mean, what, what are we doing here in terms of, you know, you're supposed to set this guy to being the franchise player. And really – what he's earned in terms of, you know, being on the video game cover, being one of the most prominent faces in the league, and really has not really proven anything and we're in, compared to his All-star peers. selection last year. Yeah, I mean, his yeah. I would say his peers have exceeded him dramatically. Mm-hmm. So I just don't mm-hmm. see if I'm the Pelicans, what is the incentive of keeping him around? I mean, what has he shown – for his commitment to this team in terms of being their franchise player. I just haven't seen that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's um, probably going to be a tragic tale. uh, Unfortunately, I I think, um, you know, the incentive is that new Orleans doesn't do well in free agency. New Orleans kind of has to do well in the draft or by overpaying for trades. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the incentive. But I'm with you in that I would say, you know, most people would say do anything to keep Zion happy, I think. Uh, I think that would be the the more popular opinion. I would say if there is any truth to the rumor that he's over 300 pounds, I mean, I, I do question a bit 
his commitment to the game. And I know sure. there's like a foot surgery uh, that happened, obviously foot injury that he's coming off of. It's hard to move things like that, but you are a professional athlete and uh, I'm sorry, but that's, that's just too big for an NBA player. And it's, it's not a popular thing to be brought up, but I, I do wonder after hearing that rumor come out, like how much is his head in the game? And I think Carl Malone was right on point. We talked about this early in the season. Carl Malone had a soundbite that, you know, drew a little bit of heat because every comment does nowadays. But he said, you know, you need to be playing 40 minutes a game. You're a star in this league. Play 40 minutes a game. Uh, basically before I believe in you. I, I don't think he added that part, but that was kind of the tone of it. Uh, and I, I agree with Carl Malone there. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but you're the face of a franchise. Like, look at what LeBron has done all these years. Look at what Giannis has done all these years. That is the standard that you're trying to meet. Not to say that you're going to match their level of greatness, but you're going to try for it if you're the face of a franchise. Or, or I think if you want that credit, that should be the level of effort you're giving. Um, and, and, you know, you have to have sympathy, of course, because seems like a great guy by all accounts and seems like uh, early on his body has kind of let him down. Uh, well, so you have to give extreme. some grace for that. But in terms yeah. of planning your franchise, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think are, are we building around Greg Oden, you know, unfortunately. You seem very coddled. Like it's what it kind of reminds me of a baseball yeah. player when they had like Tommy John's surgery and like you're trying to like mm-hmm. regulate their pitch count mm-hmm. like when they're a rookie. <laughs> like I don't and to me it's kinda like with him, it's like we're regulating his minutes. He's a rookie. I don't I mean It's like I, almost yeah. like you're overthinking it. Yeah, agreed. Like it's like yeah. oh, 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 we're going oh, it's been four minutes and fifteen seconds he's been out of there. Get him out, get him out, get him out. Like it's true. Agreed. Yeah, obsessing he's over this play. all the time. Yeah. yeah I agreed. I don't like that. Granted, I mean, I'm not in like his medical chart or anything. <laughs> I don't know all the specifics, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, um, me too. I agree. So yeah, I mean, the franchise rests on Zion's shoulders. So, uh, you know, much like with Ben Simmons, I mean, much different because I, I don't hear that there have been like attitude problems really. But man, I, I just hope he turns it around because he is – you know, uh, an electric player, a very dynamic player when he was healthy, when he was able to run the court. Uh, I mean, huge vertical, f- fun to watch, uh, very efficient score, kind of a bruiser, kind of a, a different mold of player potentially in the league. So anyway, everyone's hoping for that. Let's get to our last trade of the night here. We'll close out before we hit the hour mark here. Um this has been a lot of fun to review yeah. all these trades. It's good to have an active day like this. The Cleveland Cavaliers, this happened earlier this week, along with that C.J. McCollum trade. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers received Karis LeVert and a 2022 second-round pick from the Pacers. And the Pacers receive Ricky Rubio, a protected 2022 first-round draft pick, and two 2022 second-round picks via Houston and Utah um so Levert kind of a versatile guy kind of good at everything but maybe not great at one thing in particular it's it's kind of been the story Uh, of course he had like an injury he had surgery he had to have done I think I believe it was a kidney removal uh, if I'm not mistaken earlier last year um so Karis Levert what do you what do you think of this move overall? Do you like this for the Cavs getting another serviceable piece? Um, what do you think of this overall? I do. Like, like I said earlier, I hate to just keep beating on this point, but you know that the Cavaliers say, believe it or not, they're they're trying to make a push, and so why not just try to make a move to improve yourselves? Um, I think it's very interesting with the Pacers how many picks they're stockpiling. I mean, they're kind of. Make it a pull the thunder, yeah, yeah, they are. So I think that's going to be interesting to see what they do with all these picks and to see if they can materialize a good young roster with all these kind of um, stockpiling. Yeah, like you said, using the OKC strategy. Absolutely. So we had a lot of moves from the Pacers, a lot of moves from the Kings, a lot of moves from the Blazers and the Bucks. Mm -hmm shifting things around uh when you look at the the grand scheme of things and everything we've talked about tonight does any team stand out as a winner or a loser to you you know what stands as a loser they're not even on this list as the lakers 
Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that seemed to be no, an outrage in terms glad of not, you making, that up. not yeah. making a move and people being bummed out Woo! about the Westbrook situation. So yeah. I, I think that's they're, – they're a loser in a situation. Um, I think I can't – I would say, again, the Pacers-Kings trade, that was a weird one. But I would say the Pacers quietly, I mean, stockpiling those picks, if not sexy. Getting Halliburton. Yeah, and getting Halliburton, I mean – I think it's I think it's the smart play, so I think that's something to really watch. Other than that, eh, I don't know. I think it's one of those things we know in the West. I mean, it's, it's the Suns and the Warriors, I would say, and then the East. I think it's a little bit more compelling with those teams. I think I'm curious just to see how James Harden performs. I think that's going to be interesting as in as well as with the Nets. I mean, the Nets have been mediocre. I mean, as a team, it's like everybody's saying, "Oh, now the Nets are a title contender." I mean, they were saying that on no dunks. I'm like, really? Like, what? <laughs> this team's been a disappointment already. And a lot of their guys haven't even played the, the entire season. I mean, I just, how are they going to overtake a lot of more consistent teams in the Eastern Conference? Even like, and maybe this is a homer pick in my opinion, but Chicago was they're on, killed with injuries, and they're able to maintain the fort. And mm-hmm. I just see them with the Nets losing James Harden. And them getting a you know a question mark like Ben Simmons as well as Kyrie Irving, it's just like I don't even know where this team's even going to be in April. I mean, it's just I don't, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I can't really pinpoint like a team that's like a phenomenal winner that just jumps off the page unless we're looking towards the draft. What about you, Matt? Is anybody well, in the East is so close right now. Yeah, like the Nets could go on a five-game win streak and then That's be true. in the number one position That's true. there. That's true. Um, I will say, you know, I, I like what the Bucks did in not doing too much, getting uh, rid of a few, I would say, more minor pieces and adding a Baca, I think is is a really cool move. Gives a little more rim protection for them. Gives a little more versatility on defense. If a Baca can stay healthy, which – which has been an if, uh, a big if in his career. Um, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll say if if I had to point out like a loser, um, I mean, the Lakers is a good one that you already mentioned. Um, I, I think Portland, like the, the other trade that's not mentioned on here that I believe went through, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I believe Portland also got rid of Norman Powell. He went okay. to the Clippers. Um, and, and so I just don't know. I, I think there's a yeah, lot correct. of uncertainty there. And I don't know enough about the cap of those players. So maybe I'm way off base saying this. But it just feels like Portland kind of has like nothing here. And they're just hoping like – some superstar is really dying to play with Dame Lillard and Portland doesn't traditionally do all that great in free agency. So I'm a little bit confused by that. So I will mark them. I also have to say the Kings, like, like, I'm sorry, I I can't say uh, I doubt them as much as I do Portland, but in some ways like, Portland's more of a winner because they have added flexibility with that, at least. Whereas the Kings are really locked in on like Sabonis and Fox are your headline guys and like go out there and win a title guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. just feels kind of like hopeless in Sacramento for me, but Pacers a surprise winner. I, I don't want to overstate it because I think like, like some people applaud what the thunder have done. Like, Oh my God, they have all these draft picks, but like, have you seen that team on court? Like (laughs) even the rockets have beat them a few times this season. They had the worst loss in NBA regular season history. Um, It's been weird. And there's rumors that those players on that roster are getting really unhappy because, you know, it's like when the Bobcats were around, like people weren't happy being on that team, even if there is a vision there. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't want to like pat the Pacers back too much, but the difference I think is in that they got Halliburton. Buddy Heald still has value in this league. Um, so so I like what the Pacers have done, I guess, is what yeah. I am long-windedly saying. I think the Celtics are interesting too. Getting some younger pieces, um, bolstering that bench, and then having room for the waiver wire where they – 
um, they could potentially do really well there. I, I can see people wanting to play in Boston off of that waiver wire. Yeah, so, for sure. um, of course, time will tell, but we got to wrap it up. Um, any last thoughts for this episode, Justin? No, that's it for me. Man, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad we had a really interesting trade deadline to talk about. Um, and we will be back at it again next week. We have more interviews coming up. We're going to look more in depth on the situations on some of these rosters just as a tease for you guys and kind of get to investigate with people in the know about why certain things went down the way they did tonight. So stay tuned to our podcast feed, our YouTube channel, etc., because we're going to have more great interviews uh, coming up. Uh, but until next time, he's Justin Goodrum. I'm Matt Thomas. This has been In the Lab with Hoopsology. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Peace out.